What Fonnie Willis most remembers is what a freaking mess the place was. It was Saturday, January 2, 2021, and Willis, wearing sweatpants and a baseball cap, showed up to inspect the cramped warren of offices in downtown Atlanta she was about to inherit in two days as the newly elected district attorney of Fulton County. Willis was appalled. She and a handful of top aides found boxes of never-closed case files, stuffed with witness statements, police reports, and prosecutors' memos, strewn all over the floors and stacked eight feet high in the doorways. One case file was randomly discovered under a fourth-floor coffee table. Then there were the piled-up boxes of personal protective equipment, ordered by her predecessor, Paul Howard, for his staff but never opened because the office had essentially been unoccupied, except for a skeleton crew during the COVID pandemic. One local wag compared the office to a scene out of Raiders of the Lost Ark, as if Willis and her team had wandered into some long-abandoned archaeological tomb. You couldn't even open the door from the hallway, Willis would later recall. What leapt out most of all, she said, was how trashed the place was. There was something else about the shambolic condition of the office that stood out. The walls had been stripped of all their photographs, except for one rather conspicuous one. It was a shot of a beaming Willis being handed a certification of promotion by Howard, her former boss. Willis had just crushed Howard in an extraordinarily bitter campaign for DA that had been fought out against the backdrop of the national racial reckoning spurred by the murder of George Floyd in Minneapolis. There was a pointed message in that photograph that nobody missed. Howard had been Willis's mentor. She was his top deputy and protege. Howard had promoted her, given her raises, lavished praise upon her, and assigned her the office's most challenging cases. For Howard and his allies, Willis's decision to challenge him for DA was a profound betrayal of trust. For Willis, it was simply duty calling, with no small dose of raw ambition. Willis would retire that night to a Hooters, where she had wings and her favorite drink, a lemon drop martini with Grey Goose vodka. The next day, a Sunday, as she was preparing her outfit for her first official day as DA, the news started to break about an unusual phone call that the President of the United States, Donald Trump, who was due to leave office in just over two weeks, had made the previous afternoon to Georgia's Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger, imploring him to find just enough votes to flip Georgia's electoral votes from Biden to him. The call, she learned, had been taped, and the president's words, seeming to threaten that Raffensperger could face criminal prosecution if he did not do Trump's bidding, were being played nonstop on cable TV. There are laws on the books in Georgia against soliciting a public official to commit fraud, including election fraud. Was that what Trump had just done? While the cable pundits dissected Trump's words and the potential implications of what he was telling the state's top election official to do, 
Willis began focusing on a narrower issue that only a veteran prosecutor was likely to zero in on. Where exactly was Raffensperger when he took the president's phone call? When she showed up for work on Monday, I just remember sitting down and looking at the TV and thinking, maybe he was in Fulton County, she recalled. Her county. <laughs> 